Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Sunzi, Steph, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Goradica, Vance, Boezy, Jeremy, Ali, Nathan, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. Maximum Overdrive. Or as I like to call it, Mist for Truckers. (laughs) It is kind of Mist for Truckers, isn't it? (laughs) Cocaine Overdrive! (laughs) That is what this is, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we... Didn't watch a scary movie. We watched a movie about <laughs> the Green Goblin turned into truck. I don't know. It was Maximum Overdrive. We watched Maximum Overdrive this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would interpret that as negative talk about one of my all-time favorite dumb things. It is very dumb. Yeah. I thought you were going to say favorite <laughs> things, and I was going to get very mad. But favorite dumb things, I'm on board for, because this movie is terrible, but it is- It's got rewatchability, yes, friend. Yes, because you're watching it, and you're like, oh, shit, there's an ACDC van for no reason i mean i know they did the music for this but like yeah why did someone spray paint acdc on the side of their van to then get crushed on a bridge or whatever i think it's the band in the van and it's just a fun cameo there's no way the band was actually in that van right like is that a fun fact page i'm I'm verifying it right now you were not getting angus in a van on the side of a bridge like those were stunt performers they had to be no the band acdc died that day when the bridge (laughs) went up it doesn't say anything about whether or not they're actually in it or if it's just the van well it's definitely just the van like i mean they (laughs) well here's here's the reason why i think it might they it could have been a cameo i can't verify that it was but they do every song for this album all but two right yeah yeah all but two yeah in movies where one band does all of it it's super common for that band to have a cameo there's no way it's them if it was them they would have shown them you would have seen the guy in his little schoolboy outfit i guarantee you it's not them guys there's a chicken and egg i think they just took the album and put it on the movie i don't think they made the album for the movie so that's actually what i was just reading about so he offered them a role in the film but they declined so they i can verify now they were not in the van it's just the van this just in from a movie from 1986 yeah 19 <laughs> what what year did this come 1986 baby a year 86, that was yeah. ruled by cocaine the year after back to the future came out this movie came out that's fine the world needs both <laughs> so the album actually comes out the following year so the soundtrack to this movie comes out first and they remixed some of the songs for the movie so 
they are somewhat unique, wow. but I, I would say most of the songs that ended up on their 1987 album, Who Made Who, end up here first, but they were probably prepped for that album. Does that make sense? Who yeah, Made Who does sort weird. of slap too, but <laughs> this movie slaps. Yeah, I mean, in a way it does slap, but Mikey, can you walk okay. me through like your first yeah. experience with this movie? This is another like Saturday afternoon discovery yes, while uh-huh. playing Legos or whatever. While under-supervised, yes. <laughs> yes, while, while, you know, everybody went out for cigarettes or whatever they did back then. Uh, no, I remember watching this when I was like, it's. I had to be like eight, nine, ten, around that age third to fifth grade sort of thing and the scenes i have like very strong memories of watching the movie the first time of just like the scene of the kid because like it does that montage of just machines killing everybody and then it like cuts to the baseball team which i thought was hilarious at the time i think is hilarious today but then surprise one of those kids is a main character and then that steamroller comes but yeah. that scene of him running his bike down the street and like just seeing everybody being murdered, I remember that. I will, I just have vivid memories of that. And then this time, I think I appreciate Emilio Estevez's like trashiness more. Like he really went for it. <laughs> oh, you mean the college graduate ex-con who's 20 years old in this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What a weird mystery that is. Yes. He has oh. to have been like Doogie Hauser levels of smart. To have graduated at like 16, to then rob a store, go to jail, and get out by 20, or however old he is in this movie. And then yeah. child me remembered <laughs> that it was a Jeep with a machine gun, not a go-kart with a machine gun. And I was like, what is this machine? I thought it was an army Jeep. That's how I remembered well, it. Well, no, it's it's an army gunner cart. Like, like you would pull it into place and then someone yes. would gun from oh, but it. I remember like a straight up World War II Jeep is what I remembered. Mikey, I think you're sort of right. I think it's on a Jeep frame. They just didn't put like the hood and windshield but on come it. come on, and it's guys. Like, yeah. It's got... It's insane. It's, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's a flat platform. It may be a Jeep chassis, but it doesn't have like a bumper or anything no, no, on it. I, mean. I don't yeah. think it is a chassis technically. I think it's just like the axles and engine of a jeep yeah, on, a, yeah, yeah. on a two by four with a gun mounted on but it this is part <laughs> of like my favorite trilogy of films uh batshit apocalypse cocaine movies which this is a trilogy no it's no. it's a mikey that it's it's oh, it's a trilogy okay. mikey okay. is making in his mind okay. i'm here for that though like listen that's great dawn of the dead night of the comet maximum overdrive you know what i'm saying yeah. okay perfect night of the comet is wild <laughs> We haven't seen we'll that. that. I haven't one. seen that we'll... yet because we haven't done it, but uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. If it's anything like Night of the Creeps, I'm on board. Paige, was this the first time you saw this movie? Uh, all the way through. I had seen sections of this movie, <laughs> mostly in adulthood, though, not as a child. And I had mostly seen it on TV, which cuts out the amount of people who get like balloon watermelon head splattered on the grills of trucks. It's perfect, Paige. <laughs> it's crazy. This movie is crazy. I also I didn't realize that film. aliens were the villain. <laughs> So, the postscript. I had no idea. Did you not read the end? Aliens were the film. I thought it was the comet. Oh, oh my god. Did my you not god. read the end? Okay. Paige, how dare you assume that I would still be able to read after watching this movie? Rude. This movie is <laughs> that insane. Glazed over in a cocaine haze. The postscript says <laughs> I have it written down, Mikey, if you want me to do the exact wording. Can we have Paige do it? I want it exact. Yeah, do the exact yeah. wording. Yeah, I want to hear yeah. Stephen King's words word for word. <laughs> In this masterpiece? <laughs> Quote, two days after, a large UFO was destroyed in space by a, air quotes, 
weather satellite, which happened Russian. to be equipped, a Russian weather satellite, yeah, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class four nuclear missiles. Approximately <laughs> six days later, Earth passed beyond the tail of Rhea M, exactly as predicted. The survivors of the Dixie Boy are still survivors. He's gotten Todd up. has gotten up. Fuck and- <laughs> me. Are you serious? That's the cherry on top of the, of the perfect Sunday that is this film. Then show me that. What are you talking about? They did show about? it. It was on the screen. Yeah, it's the post. No, I don't mean show the me the text. I, I, no, no, the no, no, no. I don't mean show me the text of a fight in space between a nuclear armed <laughs> Russian satellite <laughs> and a UFO <laughs> that is causing indeterminate electronics to like go haywire. What? Wait, the UFO is not the thing that's causing it. The comet is. The comet is. That's what I thought. So why the fuck was there an alien satellite there? But do y'all remember they have a side conversation for 15 seconds? Yes. Emilio Estevez is like, what if aliens came and this was all set up to take our planet? And then they go fuck off the rest of the movie and then that turns out to be true. <laughs> it's weirder than that, Mikey, because that scene, that 15 minute scene where he describes what we would call the broom takes place after he has helped them refuel and it implies that they told him because he says something about like I hear their voice he's like this isn't just the comet this is the broom and so it's implied that somehow in the tail of this comet a third party alien race hides in the comet and then comes in to clean up the planet to prepare it for the UFO that's going to live here so when they kill the UFO there's no one to take over the planet so as soon as we pass through the comet everything's over and that's what happened so what you're saying is this movie directly ties to the movie independence day correct and when the aliens from the independence day got here they were like wait why didn't the 80s comet knock out everybody yeah think less independence day more night of the creeps (laughs) i forgot that that had aliens too and it is a perfect movie as is this one (laughs) this is the first time i saw this movie and i was sure That in a movie where Emilio Estevez watches a man take a shit, that would be the weirdest thing that happened. And it's not the weirdest thing that happened by far. Not even remotely. There's so much weirder shit that happens in this movie. It's insane and fun and weird and it's terrible. It is full on terrible. But I sort of loved it. It's like one of those movies where you're like, oh, my God. And then something crazy happens and you're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I leaned in so much watching this movie. It's like, man, what is cocaine going to whisper in Stephen King's ear next? And how is he going (laughs) to execute on it? I am here for it. You guys know I have a weakness for films that out of nowhere, one of the characters pulls out military grade firearms to use on some sort of monster. I have so many frustrations because they had those weapons. Why didn't they just keep shooting all the trucks to get away? Like they seem to have unlimited munitions. They had like a military grade level armory in this truck stop in the middle of nowhere and they shot invisible rockets. Yes, because it also shows them shooting rockets that they did not load Yeah, and then they have they shoot a couple times and nothing comes out and then things explode. Yes, in there. Every time Bubba, Bubba who owns question mark the truck stop yeah. what's the what's the truck stop's name the dixie dixie boy it's called the dixie boy dixie boy the dixie and boy he he owns it he also has all the guns and whatever his name is bubba but he refers to everyone as bubba which is so frustrating that would be like if i called mikey <laughs> todd the entire time we were on the podcast good point mikey <laughs> <laughs> but every time he shoots the <laughs> rocket propelled grenades or whatever they are actually 
you don't see them. The only time you see one rocket is when Emilio Estevez shoots it. So like there's only one time you see a rocket get shot that you actually see it. You see it twice because you do see it the first time Bubba does it because you also see them reload in that first one. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. when Emilio Estevez fires again. But the anyone else who fires outside of those two times? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just madness. It's just you see a shot of them shooting it and then it goes to the reverse shot where you should see the rocket hitting the truck. Yeah. And you don't see a rocket anywhere in the frame, but you do see the truck eventually explode. Yeah. Like I said, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out because and they finally do it at the end where the trucks just start driving through the Dixie Boy. I couldn't figure out why they didn't do that from like day one because i'm like oh the truck yeah you're a truck these windows are glass just like well because they say they say the trucks know they would fall through the basement and be stuck which no they don't they say that in the movie <laughs> they say I it know, in the movie. i know they say it but that is nonsense that's why they're like this little go-kart thing could come in here and kill us with his machine gun i was like yeah that's sure we're, we're that on makes it now sense. we figured All it right. out yeah cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite parts is like them pumping the gas all day is like them basically breaking rocks in a quarry. Yeah. Yes. Where they where they can barely stand. Like oh. And he, his hands are all blistered from from the gas. <laughs> I was things. like, I know there's gloves in that gas station. Not only are there gloves, those things, those gas pumps have the thing that like will set so you don't have to hold it the whole time. We see yeah, someone yeah. use it in this movie. <laughs> so like, yep. if you're holding the gas pump, you're just really stupid, Emilio Estevez, who also makes love like a hero. Well, I the, when it just cuts <laughs> away to that, I'm like, where <laughs> even are they? What happened? It goes from them like meeting to them laying in bed together naked yeah yeah as you do because the dixie is a full service station you know what i'm saying for every kind of pumping you know what i'm saying (laughs) oh god and emilio estevez has one of those things that you can like set so it's always going you don't have to hold it yeah it's always always (laughs) i love where they were talking shit to the trucks as they pump the gas and i was just like do they understand i don't understand but i think (laughs) they do understand fuck you i hope you all die you're just like what (laughs) choke on this gas and you're like yeah okay yeah I think, honestly, there's not much more we could say. We just got to talk about what happened. Let me just mention a few things. Curtis and his wife, who drive there. Yes, Yeardley Smith. That's her name, Yeardley Smith? Yeah, she's the voice of Lisa Simpson. She's very famous. And I recognize her. She's been in other movies, too, especially like around this time frame in the 80s, maybe early yeah, yeah, 90s. Yeah. Like Field of Dreams type movies. She's great. And I like her in this, but she is she's hilarious. over the top nuts. Was she getting finger blasted at one point in this movie? Yes, in the okay. diner. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because like his jacket is over her and she's like giggling. It could have been that or it's she was given a five day. knuckle shuffle. It is their wedding <laughs> night. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's their wedding night and they are now trapped in a, I don't know, truck stop. But like maybe find a more private venue for that sort of action. Well, Emilio Estevez and the girl took it. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. Rude on their honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. I would be pissed if I'm the newlywed couple and Emilio Estevez takes the one bed for his, like, girl he just met who's a hitchhiker going to Florida. Yeah. We got legally married under God, and so we should get the bedroom. (laughs) Wow, are you a Bible salesman, Mikey? I think it's Bubba's bedroom, too, which is, like, wild. (laughs) Let's talk about the Bible salesman, where his briefcase is a giant bible so funny he had real john goodman from oh brother where art there energy and i was sort of here for yes. it i 
I mean, as a villain, he's obviously a villain character. Like, yeah, he's a total villain. But yes, yeah. the Bible briefcase had me rolling. That's Ugh. madness. <laughs> well, maybe we should just go through this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. Because yes. there's so yes. much. I mean, he does so much in so little time, but also tells no story that like we have to yes! just get into it. It was boggling my mind. I was like, how is this movie only 90 minutes long? And yet there's still not enough story to fill it. Paige, at 85 minutes, the first time someone's like, I have a plan. I was like, oh, it's yes. about time. And your plan is to go to another vehicle that would definitely be under control? Yeah. Sailboat. Sailboats have motors, though. Yeah, they just kind of wrap it up. They're like, Let's, we got to wrap this movie up, so we got to go get the sailboat. They're like, yeah, it sails, so it doesn't have motors, because he says earlier that it doesn't have a motor. But I'm like, but you'd need wind, and you have navigation instruments that are yep. going to be powered. Like, there's definitely some sort of power to power the controls of the boat. Like, it's yeah. this is definitely a plot hole. But then also, I'm like, I looked at the time because I was like, what? Like, how are we so good? Four minutes. Like, at four minutes to the end of the movie, they're like, let's get to the marina. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, like, that's how it works. The credits should be rolling right now. <laughs> Paige, I'm going to let you start. I'm going to let you start. But before we do, I have to say, first off, Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. But also, <laughs> of course, of course, when of course, you see the plane flying over and you're like, oh, that's probably check yeah. off plane we'll see that at some point and then at the end you see it just like nose stuck in a yeah. bus there's no way to get it to do that unless you like did it like nuzzle its way into the top like you have to be flying so fast that if a plane nosedive into a bus it would obliterate both the plane and the bus yeah that's that's true because in order it's to insane. get high in, to get high enough to turn the plane to nosedive at yes. that angle yes yeah no you're right you're right I, I was thinking about that too where I was like how'd they get it to nose dive because i expected to just see a regular crash in like a field so for me i have a headcanon and that is that a crane who became sentient okay had an artistic side and was like you know what i want to do <laughs> plane and a bus let's go and just like put it down and then drove away <laughs> and took the plane that was like already crashed <laughs> yes. and was just like i actually you know what yeah that's what happened hell yeah listen that wouldn't be the weirdest thing in this movie. No, not even. That no. wouldn't even make the top 10. <laughs> no. Back in the 80s, people were real scared of comets because they, they make a lot of movies about comet tales, like just fucking the earth up. It was communists, not comets. Oh, my but God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> comets were a thing, too, because this is also like Heaven's Gate era. Oh, Heaven's yeah. Gate happens like a little bit after. Like, And it's Halley's Comet and space and everything. People were weirdly afraid of comets. Night of the Comet happens in, at this yeah. time, too. You know, so like, yeah, people be afraid of comments I, I just i just hated all the machines had to see that uh aurora bully alice <laughs> <laughs> mikey did you write that joke for this uh-huh yeah i love it so much well, now i'm out of material let's go all right so we open by revealing that this is a, a film produced by dino de Laurentiis, which means that we are in for some wild shit is my dino favorite. de Laurentiis the why they don't like my whale guy why they don't like my, my mac truck uh with the <laughs> green goblin of face uh and it's a film by stephen king this is one of the few stephen king adaptations that stephen king was allowed to actually write and adapt himself and I believe partially direct as well. I think he did direct this. Yeah. He never does it again because of this. Oh, so this is the only one he directed ever? I believe so. Yes. And I say partially because people had to help. <laughs> There's a reason it never happened again. Also, again, this is in the 80s. So this is like peak, peak cocaine era. Yeah. Uh, by sure. King's own admission. Yes. Yeah. So we open on a shot of Earth, uh, the final frontier. 
and mm-hmm. we get a <laughs> title card that just says on June 19th, 1987 at 947 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily diffuse tail of Rhea M, a rogue comet. According to astronomical calculations, the planet would remain in the tail for the next eight days, five hours, 29 minutes, 23 seconds. No other information. No, like, why does this matter? No, Palpatine is back. Like, none of it. (laughs) Just like, here's some information and a ton of numbers. Do with this what you will. (laughs) So we cut to the green comet fog over Wilmington, North Carolina, where we get a shot at a bank where, first of all, the thing that says the temperature above the bank just says, fuck you. And then the ATM says, you are an asshole, 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 asshole. We flipped to see the customer and it is Stephen King. King. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he had just been like uh, putting baby powder on his face. Because if you look closely, (laughs) there's like a bunch still left. He just didn't wipe it off. You know, it's like a bunch on his nose. It's definitely baby powder. He didn't want to be shiny. (laughs) He's playing with chalk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we cut to the credits, which is like three and a half minutes of cars driving along a bridge. The opening scene page is nuts because it's two guys on like a bridge, like a lift bridge, whatever you call those. I kept writing in my notes drawbridge, but I know there's another name for those bridges that open in the center. Yeah. I don't know what they're called either, but that's what it is. It's a drawbridge that opens in the center. Yeah. 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 And cars are driving on it. And the two guys who are manning the bridge are playing cards and arguing. And while they are. The bridge activates on its own, yeah. tipping the sides of the bridge upward with cars still on it. So cars start sliding and crashing. And like there's one where a lady just like pops through a windshield that I was like, oh, that's too realistic. <laughs> it was a good scene. I didn't remember this scene. It looks like a crash test dummy. But yeah, it is like yes. it's a little bit too much. And one, like three different people get killed with watermelons. <laughs> Dude, madness. when the guy gets out of his car and slips in a huge fuck off pile of watermelons, <laughs> I laughed out loud. I was like, what is that? I knew you guys would like it. I knew you would love it. The first part of the scene, it just looks like they're in like a air traffic control tower because you can't see water and i was like are these guys just monitoring the interstate i was like what is happening (laughs) it does sort of look like they're like interstate monitors yeah (laughs) right but they're they're the people who control the bridge like what if a boat comes by yeah because they probably don't have a boat for another hour or two they're just like dicking off until they have to work again yeah but because ursa minor or whatever is controlling everything that the plot wants it to control it opens the bridge the truck that is over like the opening as the bridge lifts the guy like gets out, could easily step to one of the other side. And does and not. And does it. He's, he like <laughs> closes it and then dies because it falls yeah. through the crack and then into the water. Yes. Uh, there's also, because the credits are rolling while some of this is still happening. Of course. It's really hilarious that the credits are like, Music by ACDC. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then no sooner has that happened that an ACDC van like slides and slams across part of the bridge. And a guy that looks vaguely ACD-ish, ACDC-ish, leans out the window and goes, oh, man. And then nothing. But then that truck falls into the water. And it's one of those, like, I've never ever in my life been like, you should have used the Wilhelm scream instead. Oh, yeah. Until today. Yes. Because yeah. the scream as he falls is so crazy. I could not stop laughing. Because it's just like, 
<laughs> the best part is that those bridges take a long time to open. Yeah. Yes. And it does in real time in the scene. And I'm like, guys, get off the bridge. Yeah. Just get <laughs> off. Run. And they're like, run they're away. Like, what? You had time to get out of your car and be like, everyone, the bridge is opening. Please slowly exit your vehicles and <laughs> yeah, walk yeah, down yeah. the bridge. And everyone would have been fine. Because they don't open straight up. And they just like tip up a little bit. And yeah, it's they fine. tip up at an at an angle that is just hill angle. So if you just set your parking brake, <laughs> the car would be fine. I honestly think it said 30 degrees, like a 30 degree angle, which is like a steep hill. But it's not like yeah. 90 degrees where you're like falling down, you know, like an elevator shaft or something. But that's what they play it as. And then yes. the, the trucks, the watermelon truck and the other truck that are at the top. It like flips them upside down. <laughs> hey, so when we good. saw a like truck full of watermelons, I was like, are they fucking going to a farmer's market? Like what is ha- like Todd, wa- watermelons have to get to the supermarket. Okay. <laughs> Even if that's the case, why are watermelons being shot through windshields? Like where's the watermelon cannon? Yes. They're shooting these out of. Well, on this earth, gravity is less, <laughs> I think, because <laughs> Mikey, we're not going to be able to justify everything in this movie. <laughs> that Coke can fires so fast out of the Coke machine, it embeds in the, the coach's head. So that's real fast. I have a theory on the watermelons. <laughs> Do you? So I have like a like a practical production theory. So this movie is rated R, uh, but I believe that they would have probably tried to make sure it was R and not NC-17, right? Uh, or not, you know, cut by the censor board or whatever. Watermelons are kind of reddish and they explode like heads. And so I think that's why they went watermelon to make Mm. it look gorier and crazier. And it's just still watermelons. And juicier and delicious. Very. Yes, indeed. I just really hope that at some point there was test footage of seeded versus seedless watermelons exploding as they hit a goblin faced 18 wheeler. I hope so too. I think that seedless watermelons weren't invented until like the 90s. These ones looked pretty seedless, actually. I mean, I can't, I wasn't looking that close. Who cares? Who knows? What a fact check. I can, yeah. Oh, I, no, nobody, no, well, it's too late now. Uh, more than 50 years ago. So, yeah, it's, they definitely would have had seedless watermelons. So they would have had the option, sure. Yeah, 1939. That's when wow. seedless watermelons became a thing? That's when they were invented. They didn't hit stores until about 20 years later. I figure you That's... wouldn't be able to create a seedless watermelon until like after Barry White music started, but um, I, I'm assuming they just have them hump, right? I don't know how you make a seedless watermelon. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put on some Teddy Pendergrass and you guys know what to do. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, it's a wild opening scene. We cut to the Green Goblin truck, which is a toy truck pulling into the Dixie Boy uh, truck stop. Yeah, because at this point, everyone at the truck stop is either a trucker eating or whatever, but they they all drove yeah. their trucks there. Like, the trucks aren't sentient yet. Right. Yeah. Well, as the news flash later says, some take more time to become sentient. And I was yeah. like, how is this the radio even working? And is this just <laughs> comet <laughs> propaganda? Yeah, <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> I thought about that. 
when when they go to get when they go to get the Bible salesman across the road, I was like, how do we know that they didn't just record his voice and play it? Exactly, because the Burger King sign does prove that. Just as much sense. Yeah, I love when the kid shot up that stupid Burger King sign and was like, I don't need this anymore. That's for you, Dad. That's for my dad. That Burger King didn't kill your dad. It probably would have had he not gotten hit. But like that Burger King is not to blame. Well, his dad gets hit real good, man. Real good. Like. Yeah, that watermelon oh, head we'll explodes get to it. so we'll, fast. We'll get to it in just a bit. Because his head explodes like Eli Roth and Piranha 3D. Um, so <laughs> The boat squish. Yeah. So we cut inside the diner, and the waitress is trying to get the TV to work. She can't. Emilio Estevez is on the grill, and his boss is like, hey, come in here. And he's like, I've got eggs on. He's like, come in here. And I was like, hey, idiot, let him finish the eggs. Well, he does. <laughs> eggs take like, well, no, he just moves them. Those eggs are toast. Those eggs will <laughs> like. But the boss does say, hey, waitress, whatever her name is, mind the eggs. I'm going to talk to Estevez real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his, I think his name is Billy. But that's why she's working the grill when he comes back. But she can't flip any of them. So they're just burning to the grill. I was just like, girl, like flip an egg. What are we doing? I was thrilled when she got shot. I was so sick of her yelling, we made you, you can't do this. Um, like Controversial opinion. Those are my favorite scenes in the movie because they are unhinged. That's what my parents used to yell at me. <laughs> we made you. Don't you understand? Where's your loyalty? And you're like, girl, what? That's exactly <laughs> what my mom screams at me when I do something bad. Oh, favorite character. Anyway, so he goes <laughs> into the boss, and the boss wants him to commit time card fraud uh, to work more than he is being paid to work. It's called wage theft, and if it happens to you, reach out to your state's labor board. That's correct. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, except he's got a gold star because he's on probation. Well, everyone's on probation. Yeah. What, what's <laughs> yeah he, when almost he goes everyone to also has a gold star because <laughs> almost everyone is getting time thefted. Because they're all on probation and he it's difficult to be hired after you have left our prison system. Yep. Okay, Bubba. <laughs> You do have some real Bubba energy, Mikey. I could see that. But people get exploited trying to get jobs outside the system. That's what he is doing right now. Yes. Is he's further perpetuating the wide arm of problematic incarceration systems in our country. Anyway. Yeah. Did you learn nothing from Lamez? <laughs> she can't flip eggs. Uh, meanwhile, the game room is going wild. Like the coffee machine shooting awesome. coffee. It looks awesome. Cigarettes are popping out. The change machine shooting out quarters. I mean, that guy who is in there is doing exactly what I would have done. And that is collect all the cigarettes. the quarters collect and the free cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't smoke, but you can sell cigarettes. You know, like I would have. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Sell some Lucy's to the guys out in the lobby. Hell yeah. So he's like loading up. Meanwhile, outside, one of the gas pumps malfunctions and gets diesel in a guy's eyes, which every time anyone pumps any sort of gasoline and you see it in this movie, it's black like motor oil. And I could not figure that one out. It's still leaded. <laughs> oh, is that? No. Is that? I what? don't know. I asked Natalie. I was like, I know regular gasoline is not like crude oil, but like. Is diesel black like that? It looks like they're pumping mud. Yeah. But I don't know what What'd diesel looks say? like. I've never had a diesel car. She didn't know either. Well, I think gas has changed a lot, too, in the last, like... I know they took lead out of it in the 70s, but this is way after that, right? This is way after that. Uh, clear or slightly green is diesel. <laughs> 
So this is definitely not diesel. <laughs> yeah, no, and so they the reason they put green dye in it is to make it obvious if it's dispensed into a bottle. And as the fuel ages, the dye fades to yellow or sometimes darker colors. But it coming straight out of the pump, it wouldn't be dark like that. Regular gasoline, you know, the kind that yellow. we use, smells good. It's kind of yellow, like orangey sometimes too, like but yellow mostly. Mike, yeah. did you say gasoline smells good? I think gasoline smells good. Yeah. Really? Okay. I don't have much of a sense of smell, so I couldn't tell you what gasoline smells like. That's interesting, though. Really? That's like the That's, strongest smell. I, re- I have a really bad sense of smell. Some things I can, most things I cannot smell. That explains your feet. This is all coming together. <laughs> a lot of people like the smell of gasoline. It's pretty common. For I'm not saying I'm, you guys I'm are weird. I just, yeah. But this guy can't be the first guy who has been playing with the hose and had it accidentally go off in his face. Well, I would never look directly down a gas pump. Like, yeah, same. Like, I'm going to fish my finger in there to get whatever's blocking it out with the, the, the one of the diamonds. Dinosaur bones didn't grind up. I don't know what his deal was with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, same. I, I also, the way that, it, I, here's the thing. You shouldn't get gasoline in your eyes, I'm sure. And I'm sure that's painful and whatever. <laughs> but the way that they do it in this movie, it looks like he burns his face. And I'm like, it's not coming out hot. Yeah, like, no, it's what? not. It looks like the tar creature from Creepshow, too, I think. Yeah, it's it looks it's thick. weird. And that's the, that's the boy's dad, right? Yes, the boy who's on the bike for like 90% of this movie. Yes, it is that guy's dad. We haven't even met him yet, but right. yes, we flush this guy's eyes and then we forget about him for 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying, Mikey, is... He would have been fine had he just been a supportive father and been at his son's Little League game. I think it was a practice because there's no other parents there. When only a couple of kids got steamrolled, no parents got killed there. Yeah. That is true. That kid getting steamrolled was nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but as we're kind of wrapping up with Emilio Estevez and his boss and he's finding all the gold stars and that guy's getting, you know, diesel eyed inside the kitchen the electric knife uh, starts to turn on on the counter and it just like turns on and snags that waitress's arm, which by the way would hurt so fucking bad and she would bleed a fucking lot, which is probably why she's yelling a lot later. I think she's maybe not in the best like place personally. And it also gets her foot too. Like it tries to go through her shoe and stuff. It does. I forgot about that. Maybe she shouldn't have been such a turkey. Oh, Mikey. (laughs) I honestly just want to stand up and start clapping at this point. Anyway, they take a hammer to it and make sure that it would never carve turkeys again. Yeah, Emilio Estevez drops the hammer on it. Not just take a hammer to it. A very over-exaggerated hammering of this of this knife. I was like, God. And like everyone in the whole thing is more concerned about him hammering this knife. Yeah. It's besides unplugging it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't plugged in. That's the thing. It's yeah. like oh, cordless. It's right. Modern technology. It's insane to me that the knife becomes like aware and starts attacking people, but like every like the ovens don't, the stove doesn't, the yeah. microwave doesn't. The stove functions fine for like a day and a half into this invasion. Yeah. And no one is weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I think if the appliances like you more, they don't turn as fast, which is why the married that couple's car is like really- That appliances in- <laughs> now have a soul couple- and either like or don't like their owners. But also, okay, so people drive cars in this movie for a long period of time and the cars don't hurt them. Curtis and Connie do, yeah. Yeah. And so does the Bible salesman. And so does the Bible salesman. He really cares about that car. I think the car feels that. 
And that's why they didn't turn as fast. Maybe. That other car was like, I'm so happy to be a part of this new marriage of these people that I love. I'm not going to hurt them right now. I like that you're giving this movie that much credit. I think it's just that cocaine was on the script and they were having to like dust it off to see what they were filming the next day. Oh, no. They were just like, we got to pull a throwaway line where like sometimes they take a long time to be uh, evil on the radio that shouldn't be broadcasting. <laughs> the amount of people that get killed by Walkmans in this movie. Oh, you mean killed off screen by Walkmans in this movie? Yeah, we find them dead. Yeah, yeah, because I think they'd be they'd have to be electrocuted. I bet. But I, they're very something. bloody. <laughs> when we see a woman who has been strangled by her own hair dryer, I was like, "How did that even happen? Like, how did it wrap up around her neck? It blew so fast that it circled her head. <laughs> it turned it turned like itself sort engine. of into a jet engine. Yeah. Oh my god. See what would have what could have been better is if they just reversed and it just suctioned her hair in and just ripped her hair off her skull. That would have been a very cool. That would be a cooler scene. Yes. <laughs> At least she made it to the window to halfway hang out of it. Ah, crash. <laughs> yeah. Well, meanwhile, speaking of things ruining things, uh, the game room goes haywire and electrocutes that guy who had all the free coins and cigarettes. Well, it hypnotized him first, which I thought was a very bonkers decision. Yes. <laughs> and it's also a superpower we never see them have again. Never. Except that maybe they telepathically communicate with Emilio Estefesley. I think it's because he has a college degree and also prison experience that he's with able to withstand it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know he had to cheek that rocket launcher like that. <laughs> 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 or the grenade later That's a lot to cheek man Oh, He's like just keep walking No, oh. no. Oh. Oh. That was too much of a visual gag But basically I mimed that I was taking a grenade out of my butt Basically he mimed shitting out a grenade <laughs> Well I casually walked past the army go-kart Anyway, so they have to hide the guy's body from the game room. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the baseball game, it ends and the coach is like, sodas, I'm buying. He goes over to the soda machine. He can't get sodas out, so he starts banging on it and it just starts shooting cans out of it, which like high velocity soda can that could absolutely fuck you up like hardcore oh it would definitely kill you yeah yeah well you guys they're energy drinks oh <laughs> god you're this a is my monster episode. <laughs> this is my episode <laughs> <laughs> I've been planning for this for years. <laughs> I love the coach just sitting down and taking it. Like, just be like, yeah. just kill me now. I hate my life. Well, the first one, like, shotguns his nuts, and he, like, drops to his knees, and then it hits him in the chest. Yeah. And he doesn't try and lay down under where shooting no. out of or, like, crawl away. Stop, drop, and roll, bro. Yeah. No, and then the last one that gets him in his head, we don't. And we just see it hit and he seems fine. But then when we come back to him later, he's got like a bloody chunk in his head. Yeah. Just a can. Mm. Just a can imprint in his brain. Not to play devil's advocate here, but he did say that he want a Fanta. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it really went at him full throttle. Is Pepsi okay? Boom. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no it's never okay. <laughs> it's never okay. And if okay. only that kid had called Dr. Pepper, we could have saved him. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, Mr. Pibb shows up on a steamroller. <laughs> Mr. Pibb is like, I'm not a doctor on this flight. Uh, but there's like, it kills two of those kids where they're like laying dead on the ground from soda. And like machine things. gun sprays sodas at them. Yes. And I love it. Because <laughs> at first I was like, oh my God, is it going to kill kids? And then two kids are dead. And I was like, fuck. And then that other kid who's riding away on his bicycle. And then we see the like steamroller. And I was like, no. And then the kid's yes. like, ah! <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, 
like yeah talk about sacred cows this movie does it better you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh just instant dead instant dead a lot of kids and a lot of dogs die in this film too well you can't say two because the other one that we did yesterday comes out after this one well i've premonitioned a joke that'll happen next week <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway he runs away from the, the the one kid on the bike gets away from the bulldozer and bikes away we cut to a fancy red cadillac where we've got the bible salesman that we mentioned earlier and the hitchhiker who i don't remember her name i don't know if we get one for her she calls herself the road you know the road twitch the road twitch that's what it is yeah i think her name in the movie is brett yeah yeah so they're driving she's clearly hitchhiking he's trying to feel her up which is super gross yeah and then when he when she kind of like brushes him off the way he goes off on her i was like oh i hate him i mean i think you're supposed to yeah yeah he's not a nice guy yeah well but then you find out he's a bible salesman which makes the hatred even more fun yeah because you're just like you hypocritical bastard with a wild briefcase um (laughs) i love how he sells bibles because he's like yeah basically converting to the religion he's like this book has everything <laughs> yeah it's got all the bible stuff <laughs> <laughs> action drama suspense anyway she does get some of the radio to come through and this is where she hears that there are strange occurrences and if you're on or near a highway get away at once meanwhile our heroes like everyone in this movie is at a truck stop right next to a highway the entire movie Yep. No one tries to follow that advice at all. No, and and they're just now seeing like trucks seem to be moving on their own. They've already gotten a taste of the crazy. She like jackknifes their car into that parking lot and they get out and they're fighting. And as they are, she sees a truck turn on on its own and start to come after them. And she pulls him out of the way. And in my notes, I'm like, she shouldn't have. <laughs> they just got married, Paige. No, this isn't Curtis and Connie. This is the Bible guy oh, and the hitchhiker. Yeah, sorry, fuck that guy. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. I was like, leave him. Yeah, because he was just yelling at her about like not letting him sexually assault her. I guess. Yeah, and her that and her using mean language and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But so they pull him aside. They all get into the Dixie Boy, where they ask like, whose rig is that? And it's the guy who drove it in he's like i've got the keys and no one's driving it so somebody would have had to like hotwire it yeah. and be a magic but like yeah i don't know what's going on right now we cut to curtis and connie and they're just married car and they are driving their merry way <laughs> sexual innuendoing having fun they're newlyweds they they stop at a truck stop and they see a dead body. And one of the things that was so wild to me is that like he gets out to investigate and then she gets out of the car and she's holding their cake topper yes. from the wedding. I noticed that too. I was <laughs> like, like, who just what? has that at the ready when you're in your car driving? I assume to their honeymoon, wherever they're going. Yeah, on my way to my honeymoon, that got packed away and yeah. I found it as we were moving. <laughs> like this is, yeah. Well, yeah. a deleted scene was them eating cake in the car. Yeah, we ate cake in our car on our way to the honeymoon, and then we gave it the rest of it to the rental car guy. Anyway, there's no one in the service station, and the clock is going wild. And one of the trucks, it's like a tow truck, kind of starts on its own, pulls out into the road, and turns and tries to mow them down. And Curtis, thankfully, jumps out of the way just in time so it doesn't hit him. It was insane to me that he got out to investigate. When I see, if I see a dead body, I'm driving to the next like gas station to call the cops i realized they probably didn't have cell phones at this point so like that's probably their best option but i'm definitely not going to be like 
huh, I wonder what happened here. No. Yeah, well, remind me never to show you a cool dead body when we find one, stand by me style. <laughs> yeah, please do not. I don't want to see that shit. I've seen enough dead bodies. I always rearrange their hand into their nostril, and I'll be like, now they'll never know what happened. They'll be like, well, how did he die picking his own booger? Now they'll never know what happened, Mikey. <laughs> yes, yes. They'll need you to get they'll... Scruff McGruff to smell the crime. <laughs> That's what he does, right? <laughs> We're going to blow this case wide open. <laughs> anyway, they take off in their car and she's driving. They're screaming at each other. It's like a whole big thing. Meanwhile, a new truck pulls into the Dixie Boy. It's a trash and garbage removal truck. Yeah. Uh, and no one seems to be driving it. Not a garbage truck. I don't want you to think at home that this is a garbage truck. No, it's this not. This is an 18-wheeler, open air. Yes. Where people just throw garbage bags into it. It says trash and garbage removal, but it looks like almost like industrial waste removal because yeah. it's a lot of like oil things. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks more like they were hauling away stuff that would be like at like a new home development site yeah so meanwhile inside the dixie boy they've hidden the body of the guy that died in the game room uh and they look they, they go to investigate the truck that seemed to be working on its own and they don't find anybody in it just a jack-in-the-box so this point because the 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 hitchhiker kind of connects with emilio estevez at this point and this is where they're like bill and brett so that's what it is that's what those are in their names um yeah but so they go back into the Dixie boy and the truck turns on, but doesn't move. And we do see the truck pull out, kill people and then just park itself like multiple times in this movie. And that's kind of where we're at right now where the truck keeps kind of parking itself or moving itself. Yeah. So we cut to the surviving baseball kid who, as he's driving down the main thoroughfare, sprinklers are going off as he passes them. Because I think they think that the water is acid. I don't know. It just seemed weird that they were trying to squirt him with water while he's riding his bike down the street. I think they're signaling other uh, machines that he's coming. Okay, but the sprinklers aren't machines like a sprinkler system would no, be, but that's not what these definitely are. Definitely not. Oh, Paige, everything <laughs> in this movie is analog. Like there's no yeah, there's no like, like reasoning behind why some things are being like aggressive and some things yeah. aren't. Like there's no logic or reasoning behind it. You can't think about this movie on anything other than cocaine. If you remade this movie today, what you would set it in the near future with smart yes eight, eighteen wheeler trucks. You absolutely would. Yes, and then all all of the hundreds of thousands of smart trucks in the whole country go haywire, maximum overdrive at once. But like, yeah, no, none of that logic is going to be present here. No. But also the neighbors could have synchronized their sprinklers. Well, but Mikey, it's not a sprinkler system. That That's what I'm trying to say. But you could put a timer on your nozzle back then in the 80s. I mean, I guess, but these, these are just the hose. Like, I, we had a sprinkler like this. It's just based on the pressure of the water. And we had to manually turn the water. There's, there's an analog timer you can put on, like, the faucet where the hose goes to the sprinkler to turn on at, like, 3 o'clock every day. I have one of those that I never yeah, used, but I pay $80 for. <laughs> we have one now, but I we did not have one back at this time, like at all. We just you just plugged it in and it turned on. My dad was very into our lawn for a long time. 
interesting mm-hmm. okay so maybe that's it because i was like there's no machine what are, no, what is this th- none of this explains anything that happens in the movie this, <laughs> this, this is all yeah, insane yeah. it's all it's all insane <laughs> i love this ride up this lane because it's creepy the sprinklers go off he sees bodies everywhere it's creepy it is kind of creepy we see a bloody lawnmower yeah bloody lawnmower i i would say this could be creepy I would say the better version of this is the walk down the street and shot of the dead. No, this is the best version of this. I would say anyone attempting this sort of thing is a better version of this. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Anyway, dead body in the grass. But this is where we see multiple people death by Walkman. That one lady with the blow dryer and the bloody lawnmower that does chase him but gives up pretty fast. Well, yeah, because lawnmowers are slow. I mean, (laughs) possibly, but that kid's going to get tired eventually. But we cut back to the Dixie Boy where we see Bible salesmen trying to sell Bibles. And the guy who got diesel in his eyes gets up and he's like, I've got to go after my son, which we will find out is baseball boy. Yes. And there's a whole debate of like, if you leave without punching out, I quit. Just fucking go, you know. And as he grabs his keys to go out to his truck, they're like, hey, this may not be safe because the trucks, you know, and as they're debating this and trying to get him back inside, the truck comes to life and runs him over and literally just like splats him on the ground. I mean, it looks like he explodes like a watermelon. Yes. And that truck hit him maybe going 25 miles an hour. Yes. And the Bible salesman runs outside to like, not my blood, like just, you know, crazy. And he gets knocked by the truck out of his shoes across into this like little creek across the way. But it's so dumb, Paige. Yes. Instead of like serpentining or trying to run back into the diner or whatever, he just runs in a straight line away from this truck that is literally backing into him. Yes, yeah. There's what can you do? I mean, literally anything else. Like this anything is the but, dumbest thing yes. you could do. But I mean, you're supposed to hate him and he I guess he doesn't die here, but in my mind I was like, "Oh, he's dead." He starts dying here. Yeah, I mean, he does roll face down into mud, so like he wouldn't be able to breathe, whatever. Technically, he saves the kid's life cuz his screams guide that kid to the where he could be safe to the gas station. Oh, you mean the kid he grabs and says, save me. And the kid goes, how? (laughs) (laughs) That's a kid answer. It's the most kid answer. But I love the kid was like, how? How do you want me to save you? Yeah, like, what, what do you want me to, to do? do? You're too heavy. Like, that's exactly what he says to him. I loved that sort of reasoning out of a child. Yeah. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. 
But anyway, Factor's amazing. <laughs> so just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We cut to all the trucks honk syn- synchronously, uh, and then they like Autobots roll out and they just start driving in a circle around the truck stop. It's great. So we cut to the newlyweds again who now see a bunch of trucks on the road and they're like, where are they going? This is weird. And as they're trying to get the radio to work, um, they have to swerve out of the way of a truck. And that truck then follows them and tries to rear end them. Yeah. And they end up in a chase where eventually he swerves so that the truck kind of goes over an embankment and just randomly explodes on a hill. And they're like, we've got to get to this truck stop so we can call or do something. Yeah. So uh, they get there and it's the circle of trucks driving in a circle around the thing. Which is what we're going to see literally for the next 75 minutes of this movie. Yes. And nothing else happens in this movie. (gasps) How dare you? So they drive and they see a gap in the circle and they're like, we're going to try and shoot the gap. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. But then they get clipped uh, which rolls the car. It flips it, Paige. It doesn't just like it, like it ends up on its hood. And then Lisa Simpson is like, save me. She just like starts yelling at the top of her lungs. It's insane. Yeah. It rolls the car. They get out there. They pull them out. They make a run for it back to the Dixie. And as they do, Buddy comes out with his like surface to air missile launcher. Hell yeah. Whatever that thing is, yeah. Because he loves Uncle Sam, surface to air missile. He's okay. I was gonna say, I was like, he's definitely a gun runner. Like they establish that in this movie. Oh, is he? Yes, he's a gun runner. Yes. Miss that. Miss that completely. If you missed two sentence side conversations, you miss all of the actual plot. Wow. Like, okay. There's probably a UFO coming to take over. That's what I would do if I was an alien. Yeah. And you're like, why would he talk like that? And at the end, you're like, oh, that's the movie. Because at the end, it says he was exactly right. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> well, a clock that loses that loses it on a murderous rampage is right twice a day. Apparently. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they so they shoot off two of these rocket launchers and they get two of the trucks. And at this point, I was like, if they have more ammunition, just take out all the trucks. Like, why are we stopping it too? Like, we clearly have a weapon. And Paige, they definitely have more. We see them with yeah. so many more weapons. Yeah, you definitely could have mounted some sort of resistance. At the end of this movie, every fucking one of them has a gun and only like three people use them. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, we, we cut to them afterwards kind of like calming down in the Dixie Boy and Brett is looking at a framed 8x10 photo of I guess her mom, but this is where she and Emilio Estevez talk and she's just like, I don't know. I didn't expect every truck to go into maximum overdrive. And I was like, she She said the name of the movie. I said the same thing. I love it. 
they like kind of start to hook up here where he's like, if I put my arm around you, will I get stabbed? And she's like, no, but I might slit your throat. And you're like, what the fuck? What is happening? That, that is pretty much word for word what it said. And it's like, <laughs> what? wait, so, so should I not? And she's like, but no, you can though. But that's how you kill someone with the blade. You don't stab them. You slit their throat. But you can put your arm around me. But sometimes I might slit your throat. We'll see. What? We'll see. <laughs> I'm in maximum overdrive. <laughs> oh, and she is because they immediately go to have sex. Yeah, go for them. And then Stephen King writes her saying everything he had wished he heard a woman say to him. Pretty much, and, honestly. And that is, not only are you a hero, you make love like a hero. And I was like... Oh, oh god that's so disgusting why would anyone say that ever okay cool that's what i say to every partner i have no what you say is you probably should go my taco bell is going to be delivered soon well it was during covid so i was like but you're a hero <laughs> thank you first responder mikey only had sex with first responders during covid that's how he gave back gave covid back to the first <laughs> No, I'm the only one he gave COVID to. Well, that and the two fans that came to our show this year and mentioned that. Well, they told me their <laughs> grandparents were fine, so it's fine. Yeah. I was going to say, that's how you know Mikey loves you, because he gave you the ultimate gift. Mm. Keeps on giving. COVID-19. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so baseball kid uh, hears an airplane coming and kind of ducks into the brush so that it flies over him because it appears as if that's going to crash. So he rides his bike and he is at that two miles to Dixie boy sign, which so many people have ended up near that sign that there should be huge flaming wrecks that are just not there. Like, and it may be he's coming from a different direction. I don't know, but like, it seems like a bunch of people end up by the same sign. Crazy stuff happens. And then by the time the next person gets there, it's gone. <laughs> it's bonkers. It is crazy. Anyway, we cut to the most serious, impactful scene in this film where Emilio Estevez talks to that other gas station worker guy in the bathroom while he's plopping. It finds out that he has a lot of ammunition and guns uh, and also probably IBS. <laughs> I think it's definitely IBS. Yeah. I mean, but also he's only eating time. gas station food and it's a stressful time. I understand. But the sound effects were a bit much. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're like, I don't know, man, we got to start stocking guns and shooting trucks or whatever. And in between like this very intense dialogue about, well, how many guns do you guys have here? You hear like fart noises and then plops in the toilet. And it just makes yeah. it honestly perfect <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like i said the most impactful impactful move like part of the movie because those plops are impacting the water below in the toilet yes i just wish a toilet would have turned on them and that would have been a great scene i if if a sprinkler's a machine a toilet's a machine exactly page why did it not a grill is definitely a machine <laughs> oh my god anyway they go down in the basement and they're like oh there's a ton there's a dead body and a ton of guns down here and this is when buddy comes down and they're talking this is where you find out he's a gun runner that he buys them cheap and then sells them for yeah. more money and he basically just like insults emilio estevez he's like you're too goddamn stupid or whatever and he's just like it's fine i just i hate it when people call me stupid Cut to them in bed. Like, no explanation. Like, we we get a, a shot of the kid, like, biking his way over, but then we cut back, and they're just already afterglowing. Well, that's because hearing him be bullied about being dumb, she wanted to make him valedictorian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
on fire today. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea where in the gas station they technically are. Uh, <laughs> but they're just, they've the just loft. banged it out. The, what loft? <laughs> I think they're in Buddy's bedroom. Like, it's just, it's unclear. And they're there later, Bubba, too. Right? We don't know where it is. But I don't fucking know. If you're thinking that detailed about this movie, you're doing too much. Like, you're giving it too no, much credit. I, yeah. yeah. But this is the conversation where she's like, well, if it's the comet, we just have to stay alive for seven days. No problem. And he's like... I know an island with no machines. And she's like, all right. And then they make out while eating an egg salad sandwich. And it's the grossest thing I've ever seen. Disagree, Paige. <laughs> toss salad and, and scrambled eggs. It's like literal. Uh, it's like literal toss salad. I'm a hero again. Ugh. And But they're just like, like eating and kissing and eating. And I was just like, oh, I don't like stop. food. Play. I'm out. I can't do it. <laughs> so gross. That's the name of my autobiography. Eating and kissing and eating and kissing and eating. The Mikey story. Mikey has this thing where he has to kiss his food before he takes a bite. Technically, we all technically kind of kiss our food as we eat it, you know? I think I kiss weird, I guess, because I don't, I don't do. kiss like I eat. Yeah. But you also don't eat a lot, so maybe you just need more practice with both? Yeah. That would be great, honestly. I'd love that. <laughs> take a peach and practice take a peach and practice uh so <laughs> oh i could eat a peach all day Paige. you can call me caster troy one peach that's so dumb <laughs> just only one peach it takes you all day to eat one peach it's a lie from face off you bastards <laughs> i know i know anyway uh the plop plops guy tries to go <laughs> turn on the jukebox. I didn't catch his name. That might as well be what it is. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Plop plops. Mr. Plops, that's my name. My name again is Mr. Plops. So he goes to turn on the jukebox like an idiot and it immediately short circuits. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, guys, machines. Like, how did we not figure this out yet? Ugh. But this is where. So he, the jukebox goes off and then everyone's just kind of like, sitting quietly and at this point i was like what about the stove because people are all eating and whatever and i was like whatever i can't think about this but then this is where the waitress gets drunk and starts her tirade of like we made them we made you you can't do this where's the loyalty no we made you and they have to pull her out of the way and restrain her. But it's such a crazy, hilarious outburst to me. It's so dumb. I think, honestly, what they're trying to do is show that, like, being stuck in here has made her legit lose her mind. Yes. Because this is something an insane person would do. And I mean that literally. And she's playing it perfectly yes. for that. Yep. But it has only been one day. No, I know. The fact that she's already lost her mind and it seems like she's behaving like <laughs> she's been in solitary for, I don't know, 15 years. Like, yeah, it's insane, Mike. <laughs> Do y'all have any friends like that where, like, you were like, man, if eight of us were trapped in a play, like a truck stop, that they would be, like, the first to, like, go? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been six hours and they're, like, mad maxing it over there. You're, you know, you're like, hmm, I don't know. I would say out of the three of us, the person most likely to do this is definitely me. I'm glad you know that because I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad that you are self-aware about You would this. be yelling at them. I would be wearing football shoulder pads that I've glued spikes on with like face paint. And I'm like, yes, apocalypse. <laughs> Can I? Okay. <sighs> I don't even know how I want to tell this story. When I was at, just to give you an example of why it's definitely me who would do that. I was editing Interview with a Vampire for Horror Virgin and, and my computer fucked up and I lost about 
an hour of the edit, which is about six hours that's, of work that at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. it was eleven thirty at night. I just wanted to go to bed, and I had to get to a certain like point to be able to do that. I got down on my knees and was like quietly yelling at my computer because I didn't want to wake up Natalie oh, who was that. asleep. But like, yeah, I was so bad. I was so bad. And then I told Natalie about it the next morning, like laughing at myself because it was a bonkers response to what was going on. Anyway, I didn't sleep much last week is what I was trying to say because <laughs> that damn edit. Love that episode, though. Came out great. It, it did, but I've been there cursing at things. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was like yelling with my fist in the not yelling because it was like late at night. And Natalie was asleep, but like, mm -hmm. damn it. Like that sort of yelling where yeah. and, and like fist shaking in the air, like my face turning red. It was nuts. So they pull her back inside. But now the machines are like, oh, oh, these hoes ain't loyal. Oh, is that what you're okay well how about you get no lights now and they turn the electricity off because they have whatever powers that they want exactly uh, but this is the scene where the newlyweds are having some under the table action um because apparently emilio estevez and and the hitchhiker are like no that's our room whatever yeah. <laughs> so but they look out the window and they're like it looks like some of them are running dry or or stopping because they're out of gas yes. and so maybe by tomorrow things will be okay so they get up the next day and, or uh that night they hear the bible salesman screaming so they do like a rescue expedition through a drain pipe to go save oh, him. Oh, you mean when they Andy Dufresne through the drain pipe? Because yes. Stephen King can only write six different stories and he just rewrites them? Yeah. But imagine a truck stop bathroom. Oh, <laughs> Imagine a prison bathroom. It's probably very similar. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know. It's bad. I do like that when they're crawling through it, that Kurt and Emilio Estevez, they're like, oh, what? what is that? Do you think this is all piss? And then Emilio Estevez like falls into it and, and then Kurt starts laughing at him <laughs> that was very funny and i'm like jokes on you kurt you're gonna have to smell him all day like what are we doing the fact that they didn't change immediately when they got back after this rescue expedition was nuts to me crazy <laughs> they're in shit covered clothing this entire rest of the movie yeah it's they they kyle reese it for sure <laughs> um but so they find that kid the son of the guy who balloon splattered on the front of that that <laughs> that big wheeler um and the bible guy has like tried to grab him and be like save me and then has died in the process so now rigamorous is setting in and he can't get his arm out i love that he literally responded to the guy yelling save me with just how i am a child how? sir how i couldn't save my friend from the bulldozer what am i supposed to do <laughs> it was so funny to me so they get that kid back across they all climb back up into the dixie boy bible salesman's dead um but this is where they have to tell the kid like yeah your dad uh splatted on the front of a truck it was weirdly funny at the time <laughs> like i understand how you might not feel that way we all <laughs> thought the steamroller was definitely going to get you so at the time we thought it was funny but now that we know that you're alive we do realize it was tragic but please know we laughed very hard at the time <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and then that's this is when brett brett whatever her name was brett she slaps bubba and she goes yeah that's a little etiquette lesson from the roadside twitch and i was like who refers yeah. to themselves that way that's so strange that's her uh superhero name the roadside twitch and <laughs> mint berry crunch yeah like, that's a crazy superhero name 
But so this is where they use the, the rocket launcher to take out another truck. And again, don't just reload it and take out all the trucks. I don't understand. Yeah. Or at least throw a line that's like, we've only have seven rockets total. Something. Yeah. Anyway, the next morning they wake up and there's like farm equipment like and construction equipment coming down the road led by that one random gunner cart that has a gun and some way to move forward. And that's about it. <laughs> General Carr. It's K-A-R-R, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, 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 I got it. The Carnal. (laughs) It's the Carmander in Chief. Thank you very much. Uh, So the the Carnal leads them (laughs) to the Dixie Boy, where at first they use like the caterpillar, like bulldozer-y kind of thing to like- Clean off the truck bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Try and scoop out the front of the the Dixie Boy. And, And at this point I was like, I still don't understand why the trucks didn't just run right in there, but whatever. They only do that when the plot needs them to because the the people yes. who are there have already left. Right. There's no causality to anything. No, they try to fire another missile, but they're like, I wouldn't do that because then the gunner just open, open fires and shoots, you know, Bubba, Buddy, whatever his name is. Um, and a hand, and one other trucker guy that randomly comes out of like a door and is like, hey, everybody, it's morning. Like two seconds before he gets shot. Yeah, I'm sure one of the guys who gets shot, the one who actually we see squibs like blow up his chest because everyone else like you just like see a reverse shot of them already being shot. There's one dude who <laughs> yeah. is clearly a stunt performer that they got for that day because we've not seen him at all the rest of this movie. Yeah. And he gets mowed down and you're like, oh, hey, there's a new... Oh, no, he's dead. Never mind. Okay. Well, okay, he's cool. He's dead. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. My favorite was like, so this type of a gun, and we talked about this when we did Predator, fires a crazy amount of bullets in like six minutes right and then it's out of bullets just out of them right because it takes so many right so at a certain point this gun would just be out of bullets i mean and that point would be in about yeah. 30 to 45 seconds yeah yes exactly that's what i'm saying it doesn't like, have like a huge fuck off barrel of bullets like i have seen like chain yes. guns like that that like that well you know they have like a huge drum of bullets well, it's it pulling has, from it has a box i know but it's but small like, that box shit. only like, carries so much it probably has a thousand rounds and that thing shoots 1500 rounds a minute like it's yes yeah exactly and i was just like <laughs> what the fuck like just wait it out at this point yeah. like what are we doing like it can't shoot you like it's it also can't aim up or down yeah no it's just one height so if you just stay under that height you win <laughs> but nope you got a cheeker grenade and sneak up next to it i mean that it, it that was clever it was clever uh first the waitress stands up and is just like no Bubba's dead and grabs the like the rocket launcher we made you and as it guns her down she accidentally fires a rocket and takes out another truck and you're like well all right there's that at least but after they take her out and they've shot that other that other truck the horn on the little army gunner truck starts beeping in Morse code, which is also one of those things that I'm like, I feel like kids used to learn Morse code back in the day. And because it's useless now, nobody does. Like the little boy yeah. got a merit badge on it, I guess in Boy Scouts or whatever, maybe. Yeah, like last week. What does that badge look like, though? It's got to be just like <laughs> just a circle with like dashes. a dot line line. <laughs> I mean, what drove me nuts is any of the cars could have done this, but like, yes, because yeah. it's an any army car. Trucks. Yeah. 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 It's re- well and 
the other thing too is like he writes out this entire message but he doesn't start catching the message till halfway through so i'm like did it start over so that he could get the whole message it (laughs) has to have started over but no he like remembered all of the beeps and boops so he wrote it out like after they handed him a pen or whatever yeah which i'm like it would have made sense to me if he wrote out the dots and dashes and then had like a, a morse code like paper or something was like all right translated this means but he's literally from memory just being like oh and like went back to like translate it later yeah i got you yeah yes. that would have yeah, made yeah. more sense but this movie was firmly written by cocaine so like n- n- who, who knows who, it who doesn't make sense knows? i would have also enjoyed a radio just coming on with a voice being like fill up the tanks yeah yeah because they all have radios and we know that it can make radio voices from later with the like fast the food thing yeah exactly william defoe was around at the time he eventually went on to play green goblin why was he not the radio voice i know i think we're all in agreement here yeah. anyway so the message is that somebody must pl- someone must pump fuel they won't be harmed uh but like we need fuel basically like give us fuel and we won't kill you and he's like, well, we don't have any power. So as soon as they say it, the power comes on. So clearly the trucks can like hear them and understand them, which is even weirder. So this actually plays into my theory about why some of the appliances still worked. Like the stove and stuff is because a, they need them to stay alive to pump the gas for them. But also I guess they can hear through it and they don't want them to like throw out all of the equipment that like they can hear through to spy oh, on like them. bugs? Yeah, yeah, like bugs. I prefer mine, which is like, if you love it, they'll love you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure. Todd's laptop would be like, remember last night when you yelled at me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how a laptop would kill you. I'm sorry. I mean, it probably would grow tefers and try and eat you. Yeah. They so they start <laughs> refueling and then they hear like a clock bell tolling. I don't know why. It's so like everyone looks up like there's a church <laughs> somewhere because it's it's like a I grandfather thought... clock that's now being taken over or something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so they refuel all of them, but then there's like a convoy of trucks from all over because they are a hive mind like the Borg. Right. Uh, trying to get refueled at this one station. But then they run out of gas until a gas trunk pull- truck pulls up and starts f- refilling the tanks with gas. And for some reason, Emilio Estevez is so exhausted from pumping gas. They have to take him inside to tend to his blisters and stuff. But this is where he's like, hey, I think it's actually like a broom. Like aliens are looking for a new place to live and they find Earth, but it's kind of polluted. So they want to clean it up and then send their people. We don't know why he thinks this, how he thinks this. Did they tell him? No one knows. It's just crazy. They want to clean it up by making every polluting vehicle like the only thing I left. Know, I yes apparently I don't well, know actually we don't know what the aliens breathe right maybe they breathe carbon monoxide so they need maybe or whatever emissions come out of vehicles I honestly don't know I don't know methane cow farts no idea no clue but at this point they have a plan and they're going to take all the guns and go through the sewer grate across and then try to make their way to the marina <laughs> to get to the boat wait are we done with the movie already <laughs> yes nothing happens in this movie mikey <laughs> this movie could be a 22 minute saturday morning cartoon that's as much yes. plot as happens in this movie i would have loved a maximum overdrive cartoon i'm sure it would have been one episode but yeah no like a bunch of episodes oh god but they get out to the other side and leave and all the trucks get mad so like one of the bulldozers basically like grave diggers one of the cars just like yeah <laughs> into the building yeah and at yeah. this point i was like 
did Stephen King just get like ripped on cocaine and go to a monster truck rally? Like, yes. is that how this movie I happened? I hope so. Yes. I think that has to be it, right? Well, isn't it based on a short story from his like 1970s book, Night Shift? Like, it's it's a part. It's like a short story, right? Yeah, it is a short story. I think story. so, yeah. Like, it's not a whole book, I guess is my point. So, like, it makes sense that there's not a whole right. lot of plot to it because it's like, you probably could read this short story as long as it takes to watch this movie. Yeah, but Shawshank Redemption was also a short story, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in the hands of a competent filmmaker, this movie could have been good, not so terrible. It's funny. I mean, I don't know that it could ever be good, but like maybe not <gasps> abysmal. Have you not seen Transformers, Paige? I have, and it's terrible, by the way. I It was on TV the other day, and I was like, how did anyone like these movies? They're trash. <laughs> anyway. You're right. Uh, so the, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of trucks start smashing into the, the Dixie Boy now that they're gone, including an oxygen truck, which makes the entire place explode. Yeah. Um, the green sky thing is still ahead, and the plane is perpendicular in the road, and they basically run on foot to the marina, and they get there, and they're about to climb on when a guy sees a woman hanging out of a car and has a ring, goes to steal it, and he gets trucked by the green goblin. The ice cream truck tries to come after them. They fire at it till it explodes they Jesus get on the Christ. boat <laughs> and, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie well then you do the postscript and it says that the ufo blows up but they survived and all that right stuff. yeah and that's the movie yeah that's the movie <laughs> so having seen this movie having talked about this movie what'd you guys think about maximum overdrive maximum enjoyment <laughs> we gotta start giving people cocaine again <laughs> i honestly had that thought i was like i want someone who is not a filmmaker to be given 78 million dollars in a cocaine budget and have them make a movie yeah because yeah. that is this i mean it wasn't that much yeah. but yeah yeah mikey you loved this movie as a child yes i love this i unapologetically love this movie and i love it today i own this movie did you wait did you already own it or did you buy it today i bought it today i used to okay. own it on dvd but i sold my dvd collection 10 years ago or more i did the same thing in like 2007 what I, it was like my third move between apartments and i was like i can't keep doing this that's exactly what happened to me i went to mckay's and sold everything for like 800 bucks anyway good thing you did it then there's no way you'd get that money now <laughs> oh no yeah i did it like 2000 I swear to god it was like 2007 the perfect yeah. time <laughs> yeah yeah i got in when the bubble was at its peak you know what i'm saying the resale mm -hmm, dvd mm -hmm. market was booming but yeah so this movie is in my opinion terrible like it is fun to watch once I don't think I'd enjoy watching this again because I know how bad it is. I think it's funny because it's shocking. Like it's, oh my God, what? Like it's that sort of funny. I don't think I'd enjoy watching it a second time though. Yeah. But like nothing makes sense. Like why is anything happening? Why are people behaving this way? Whatever. It's an insane movie. Yep. But Paige, yeah. do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Insane Maximum fun, fun facts. facts. When asked why he hasn't directed a movie since Maximum Overdrive, Stephen King always responds with, just watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Essentially being like, you know it's bad. I really do love that that is his answer. Like, I know I've said like a few times that he's written six stories over and over. I really do think he's a good writer. He writes interesting concepts. And like, I think his books are interesting and cool. I think this movie's terrible. So I love that he's like, I should not make movies. I should do what I'm good at and then let people who yeah. are good at making movies 
make them into movies. And I, I don't know this for a fact. I wonder when he started the dollar babies thing where he'll like sell someone the rights to make a movie for like a dollar. You know, he's done that with a few filmmakers when they were starting out. He's done that with, with a couple. Yeah. I wonder if that started after this, you know? I think so. But he, he's also said for this movie that uh, he was, quote, coked out of his mind of the entire time and often didn't know what he was doing. Uh, but he did remark that he might try, might like to try directing again someday as long as he was sober. I do think he probably would be way better if he was sober. And also it would be his second movie and he was, I'm sure, high rip shit out of his mind the whole time he made this movie but i'm sure he would like hire a director of photography that could like line up the shots right and like i'm sure it would be way better than this if he was sober yes i bet this movie would have been way better than this if he was sober true uh so while shooting the scene with the steamroller there was actually supposed to be a special effect that would trigger a bag of blood exploding and creating a smear on the steamroller that it would then smear across the field like a printing press <laughs> But it f malfunctioned and the bag of blood exploded too soon. So it looked like the boy's head had popped and exploded. It did look like that. It did look like that, except that it was actually worse than what we saw because sensors demanded that the shot be cut. What? Yeah. So we don't see the head explosion. Oh. Yeah. I do sort of wish that it had, it had worked correctly. And then we got like an overhead shot. What would have been like a helicopter shot at the time of like the steamroller just printing like a child snow angel in blood every like 10 feet or so. <laughs> that shit would like have been when hilarious. You, when you fold the paper and cut it yeah, out exactly, like snowflakes. Exactly. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So about a year after the movie was released, the Green Goblin truck, which by the way, was modeled after the Green Goblin, like specifically so. Really? Okay. Um, yes, but it was towed to a salvage yard in Wilmington, North Carolina. And a bunch of pieces of it were gone, but a guy purchased it and restored it um, and basically sold it to a, a video store, uh, Uncle Jim's Video Land in Waverly, Ohio, where it sat for about 20 years. Um, and then now it's been restored again and it goes to uh, horror and comic cons in the U.S. and Canada. So it travels around doing cons? Yeah, it's the original truck. I love that. Yep. Uh, the truck stop set was constructed 10 miles outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, and it was convincing enough that several truckers tried to stop in. And eventually <laughs> they had to put announcements in local papers saying that the Dixie Boy was just a movie set. So that's really funny. I mean, they do blow. They, they it does look convincing. I'll give it that when it explodes like and the trucks are all destroying it. It looks like they're actually just driving trucks through like a gas station. Like it looks great. And they probably spent a lot of money building that. But man, that's funny. It does. But it also like the logo looks like a marijuana leaf. Yeah. And I was like, Paige, is this intentional? Yeah, it's a truck stop. It's gotta be. It ha That has to be intentional. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> if you were on weed, this would be a very different movie. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a cocaine movie. This is an upper yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. not a downer movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, July 31st, 1985, while they were shooting, a radio-controlled lawnmower used in one of the scenes went out of control and struck one of the camera supports, shooting out wood splinters, which injured the director of photography. And as a result, he lost his right eye. He what? sued Stephen King for $18 million in damages, and the suit was settled out of court. They didn't disable the blade on the remote control lawnmower when they didn't even need it? That's correct. Holy mm -hmm. shit. 
Yep. That is amazing and honestly very sad because that director of photography no longer has depth perception. Now, remember when I said that Ke- Stephen King only kind of directed this movie? Uh, that's because there's a longstanding rumor that George A. Romero acts- actually directed most of this movie. Okay. While Stephen King had to leave set to seek treatment for cocaine addiction. Many fans of George Romero's work have cited that the film features a lot of his distinct angles and style. Yeah. Um, and Stephen King has never admitted to this up front, but he has mentioned that Romero was constantly on set and he would frequently ask him for advice. That okay. checks out. I mean, it does have a very similar style. Yeah. If I had never directed a film and Romero was on set, I'd be like, hey, you've done this a bunch and have been very successful. Can you like... Give me some pointers. Yeah. He's like, yeah, drive that lawnmower into your director of photography. <laughs> yeah. So the original script ending had the survivors of the Dixie Boy deal with one last obstacle before escaping. It was a machine gun mounted on a Coast Guard boat. Um, but then also there was supposed to be a last shot of a matte painting of the city of Wilming- Wilmington being destroyed by machines, but it was not convincing enough. And so they did not include it in the film. Okay. A bunch of the trucks in this movie are from local businesses and the actual names of the businesses remained on the trucks. Oh, I love in the that. Film. Yep. That's amazing. When they were filming the scene with the ice cream truck flipping over at the end, the stunt didn't go according to plan and a beam of wood was placed inside it so it would flip end over end. But the truck only flipped once and slid on its roof right into the camera. Yeah. The dolly grip on the film pulled the cameraman out of the way at the last second. Subsequently, his name is listed on one of the time cards when Bill is putting his time card back after as like a shout out to him saving that guy. Um, awesome yeah that's great actually i mean and that shot does look sort of cool even though it didn't go effectively because it, really it cool. does like flip onto its roof and then slide right at the camera <laughs> like it's cool yeah yeah in the movie trailer stephen king said that he decided to direct the film himself after writing several because he wanted to see stephen king done right if you want it done right you have to do it yourself quote well he learned that that was incorrect yeah now this movie is also partially responsible for us getting Evil Dead 2 and subsequently the rest of the <laughs> Evil Dead franchise. Okay. Because Stephen King was working with Dino De Laurentiis on this film and mentioned how much he loved Evil Dead and that he heard Sam Raimi was having trouble making a sequel just for money. And so Dino De Laurentiis helps them make Evil Dead 2. Um but that's kind of they start making it prior to this movie coming out. If they had done it after this movie came out, it might not have happened. Um, yeah, we got lucky on the timing on that. Right. Yeah. The short story this is based on is just called Trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum Trucker Drive. Yeah. Uh, the trailer for this film used the John Carpenter and Alan Howarth se- score from Halloween three season of the witch. So like the music from Halloween season of the witch scored over the trailer for this film. Cause they had not scored the movie yet. I mean, that's better than the almost psycho music that happens every time. Like a truck is attacking Come on, ACDC. No, no, I mean, no, no, like no. The... it's like children of the corn. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. similar to the children of the corn too. Yeah. Chi- when the gas comes out. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the radio controlled trucks would break down. They could only ever get one or two trucks working at a time, which is why you only ever see one or two driving at a time around the Dixie Boy. Or they're shot from so far away. You could definitely have like drivers in those because you can't see anyone. Exactly. You can't see drivers anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeardley Smith has commented that she's very embarrassed by this film. 
And Stephen King himself <laughs> later called this a moron movie. Personal attack. <laughs> okay, I want to know what other movies he puts in that category, and then I want to see every one of them. That needs to be like <laughs> our Criterion collection. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, the symbols flashing that hypnotize the guy in the game room are actually the symbols typically used by researchers of clairvoyance and ESP like they did in Vibes. The like star like triangle, equal sign heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Despite the plot, which says that all machines in the world become sentient, no cars ever do. Hendershot's car, who's identifiable by the license plate Bubba, Curtis, and Camp, or I guess Connie Camp, uh, and the Bible salesman. None of those come alive. In fact, nearly all of the other cars in the truck stop parking lot also don't come alive there's no explanation for this nope now in the film and this i'll end this on our last fun fact because it's the craziest one so in the film the the script at the beginning says that earth passes through the comet's tail on june 19th 1987 on june 19th 1999 stephen king was hit and nearly killed by a distracted truck driver what the number 19 yes the number 19 has been prominent in his writing for most of his career and especially so afterward and those are your fun facts wow okay i'm glad he was okay i didn't realize that he was in that accident that's wild oh he was in an accident oh yeah he was in the hospital for a long time wow, a long okay. time people didn't know if he would ever be able to like write again and so it was wild well i'm, I'm glad he made it through Paige, thank you for those fun facts let's talk a little bit about box office so of course this movie came out in 1986 what do you think the production budget was for Maximum Overdrive? So it is De Laurentiis, which means that it's not crazy high budget, but it's also Stephen King. And so, like, I'm going to say they probably spent like 15 million on this. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? Four million dollars. It was nine million dollars. Okay. Okay, okay. We're right in between. If you adjust that for inflation, though, that's almost $25 million. It's technically $24.9 million today. But you also could not make this movie for $25 million today. Yeah, I I agree. I would argue that you should not make this movie at any point. (laughs) At all? (laughs) Yeah. I disagree strongly. Well, let's see if it was a good return on investment, Mikey. So it came out on July 25th, 1986, and it was number seven. The week it came out It was beat by uh, a bunch of sort of unknown movies Though let me read them off It was The first one was one called Ali- Aliens I believe I'm not quite sure what that is <laughs> The second one I actually have not heard of It's called Heartburn Number three was Karate Kid Part 2 Number four was Ruthless People And number five was a, a film called Top Gun And then <laughs> Back to School And then Maximum Overdrive What do you think Maximum Overdrive made In it's opening weekend? One million dollars. Okay. Do you want to take a guess there, Paige? Two million. Paige, you are closer. It actually made $3.2 million in its opening weekend. Okay, all right. Yeah. So it was in the theaters for a total of three weeks. But what do you think it made total in the box office when it premiered in 1986? Total? I'm going to say it comes out to eight million total. Okay. Six. Technically, Paige is closer. It's 7.4 million dollars is what it made in its i'm gonna say worldwide because it did not get an international release so that's what it made in the box office which makes it about 20 million dollars today so this definitely lost money uh it may have made money backs you know in like dvd and blu-ray sales vhs sales mm-hmm, at the time mm-hmm. that sort of stuff i paid to rent it today so it's still making money uh but man it, this was definitely a flop in the theaters when it came out but that's your box office so mike do you want to hit him with that scary scale 
Yeah, scary scale listeners, scale of one to ten of how scary we watched the how scared we were when we watched the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige, um, definitely a one for me. Although uh, the depth of the cocaine madness in this is a little frightening. Yeah, agreed. This is also a one for me. I'm also gonna give it a one. Yeah, because I just enjoy it too much to be scared. Oh, of course. Not that it's not scary. It's just so enjoyable. It's not. Yes, absolutely. And that's our scary scale. Well, this week, you guys made me watch Maximum Overdrive. What are we watching next week? So we actually had a special guest pop in, and they got to choose the movie for next week. Just for funsies. Yep. So next week, you're watching Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Can't wait, because I know how much Mikey loves this movie. I have a premonition that the episode will be good. Is that because we recorded it two days ago? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ruin the illusions. <laughs> it's a banger. Can't wait for you guys to see who the special guest is and enjoy that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yay. So your homework next week is to watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem and uh, just check back for that episode next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, I forgot. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Dr. Blessings. Well, what does Dr. Blessings have to say? Apology. I left a review last year that was two stars, and I want to apologize for it. Whoa, what? what? This has been... (laughs) I love this review. Hang on. Okay, please continue. This has been one of my favorite horror movie podcasts in recent years. I knew I loved this podcast when I re-listened to the Oculus episode to hear Todd yell, Mikey, I can't make edits. Uh, The crew is super fun to listen to, and I found joy in listening to them talk and joke about the movie and get me to seek out horror movies I'm not familiar with. I cannot stop laughing at Mikey's impressions of Todd, especially in the Dream Warriors episode. I'm glad I stuck with this podcast and it has become one of my favorites and I can't wait. Oh, and I wait for new, each new episode with bated breath. Five stars. Well, thank you so much for that uh, updated five-star review. That's wild. I don't think we've ever had that before where someone was like, I hated this podcast, but then I listened and I loved it. There so you thank go. you for that. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you you want to financially support me but not Todd just look me up on Venmo if you can't financially support the show that's understandable that's fine but if you want to hang out with us on the daily join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin we also link it like once a week so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group literally we're in there talking every day it's awesome and guys we got a P.O. box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box it's actually not a P.O. box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 
6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager has been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Well... She keeps driving bulldozers bulldozers all over all of her friends. <laughs> I was going to say she keeps not saving the Bible salesman when he sort of saved him. <laughs> She's like, how? Why? How, how, <laughs> how do you want me to save you? Literally, that's my favorite line in the whole movie. It's just that kid matter of factly being like, how? So I get it, Tia's teenager. I think you're in the right. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos. So I'm going to steal your screen right now and make you watch this video sent to us by Jonathan. You guys ready? Yes. It's a TikTok called Watch Your Back Amazon. I don't know if this is a real commercial or a joke. And I think that's a problem. I think this has to be a joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a a spoof Dollar General commercial. Okay. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I like how the guy who's doing like the narration of this commercial is also every actor in it. Also the customer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've never been inside a Dollar General. I did it once. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for that funny video and the support. We appreciate both. We now return you to another episode of... The, the Patreonicals. All right, Andrew, the la- the lost Russian astronaut. Uh, his eyes turn white, like the pupils disappear, and he starts talking in an otherworldly voice uh, to Captain Bruder and Dreskel. And he's like, "You must come to this uh, place right here." And then uh, says some coordinates, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And then um, Jeremy's cyborg toe translate the coordinates, and they're like, "Oh, it's a uh, it's a moon." That's no toe. It's a gas giant's moon. Okay. I mean, Jupiter does have some moons that are like Earth-like. We're way beyond Jupiter. We're in deep space. Oh, yeah. I know. We're I'm deep, just saying that's a gas space. giant that has a moon that's that a is like- That's a gas giant, yeah. yeah. And they go, and so like, they go, and it's like this weird, they find a weird like space station thing above it. Oh. Very alien, crystal-like. So they go inside. Lauren, the cave person- Bashes the crystal door in and it shatters, and then they come in with their their uh, spacesuits. Uh, Natasha and Karun open a casket-like device, and this cloud floats out, and it starts talking, and it says, I am River Moon. I'm here to help you on your journey. Is this a new character, River Moon? Yeah. I love that name. Okay. Yeah, it's a new character. Okay. Sunzi uh, was like, can I enter your cloud and like analyze you? And it was like very intimate, but they they, they they get the readings, you know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. So so they did enter the cloud. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. As, <laughs> as the, uh, the, they're like, I'm River Moon. I'm here to help. This is where we're going to go next to solve this whole endless space plot. So Mr. Rage Bomb shoots off fireworks with his fingers. <laughs> Just letting you know. No, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back on the ship, Allie and uh, Boezy. That's right, because last episode he was feeding her worms in her aquarium. Gummy worms, I should say, in her gummy aquarium because yeah. they had stopped for snacks. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was uh-huh. adorable. Oh, gummy worms sound really good. Yeah. Now they're just cuddling and she he likes it rough. So he's just slapping him in the face with her fin. He likes his cuddles rough. Yeah, because he's a Florida person. You know I mean, how I that get is. it. All right, yes, yeah, yeah. all right. 
<laughs> Garotica, the heavy metal bitch, has her guitar wired to all the speakers on the spaceship, and so she's playing. Love that. The Finn slaps her on the beat. Oh, so Allie is slapping Boezy's face along with the beat of Garotica's guitar. Uh-huh. And uh, Jennifer with a PH is practicing her new force field powers and is getting better at it in the background. Okay. Uh, and so they have discovered this. Back at the Care Bear planet that is burning and there's bodies of Care Bears piled up all around them. Uh, it's like it, it looks like what it would have looked like had the Ewoks lost the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely looks like what realistically would have should have happened on Endor. <laughs> uh, Aaron, the moon general, drinks out blood out of the skull of our enemies uh, in the traditional Mun people's victory. Uh, Wes, the handsome dude, is on the surface of the planet, tied up, still handsome. And then also, like, they're just, like, showing him all the dead Care Bears and the uh, enslaved Care Bear race that they're loading up into the Mun Death Star uh, equivalent. Libby, the Mun Queen, uh, has her people getting back on the, the, the spaceship as well. And they, they're like, we got what we came for. The technology, the power to chase these people faster. And they're, the Care Bears had really fast engine technology, so we've upgraded the engine. And this isn't my best episode, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> Alex the Magician is like, we're going to make the good guys disappear. And that's how the episode ends. Oh, really? Okay. So I guess we'll have to yeah. wait till next week to find out how they make the bad guys disappear on another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Have a great week. Bye. This was a fun trash movie, nerds.